Hey, welcome to the Revo Church Podcast. We are so glad you decided to join us today, wherever you are. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's message. We have been in this series that we kicked off last week. If you were here wondering uh, what kind of church should I step into, we're talking about vampires. We're not talking about vampires. It was just a cool title. But uh, relational vampires, and really... The whole premise of this series is communicating the mindset of how do we love those that are literally trying to suck the life out of us? How do we love those individuals? You know, if you weren't here last week, we actually talked about how do you love critical people? How do you love someone that is overly critical, very critical, always has something negative to say. The only time they give you any kind of feedback is negative feedback. Come on, wave at me if you know those persons. Today, uh, today I really want to dive into this mindset and this, um, this, uh, this topic. How do we love those that are overly needy? How do you love those that are overly needy? Listen, every group of individuals has a needy person. Some a little bit more than others. You know, I love this because the Bible says that where two or three gather, you will have a crazy, needy person. Let's <laughs> paraphrase. It's Charles Version. Charles Version. It's not in the Bible. Don't put that on social media. Then I'll get all the hate mail in the world. So, uh, but, um, but listen, I, I want you a little crowd participation. I love crowd participation. And, um, and if you're in this room and you know someone that is in your family that's just a crazy, needy person, just wave at me real quick. Come on, just wave at me. Okay, if you didn't wave at me, you are the crazy, needy person. <laughs> okay, it's okay. There's a lot of you in this room. Hey, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. Today is for you. But um, no, we, 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 we have these people in our lives, in our family, just needy, overly needy. You have these individuals in your workplace. Listen, every church that you go to is going to have needy people. And, uh, and you know who these people are. You know who these needy people are because when you see them, when you see them, it's like you, you, you see them coming and you know that it's about to be a long conversation. You just know who they are. Sometimes maybe you're in a grocery store and you see them on aisle one and you're like, yo, I'm ducking to the bathroom. You know, like, I'm, nope, I'm a, bye Felicia. You know, like, I'm out. Just kind of overly needy. You know, they dominate the conversation. It's the same crisis over and over and over again. You do for them, but it's not enough. You give to them, but they need more. So how do you and how do we love and help those that are a little extra needy in a way that honors God and helps them? There's three things that I want to unpack today, and as we begin to unpack these principles, I believe that if we can apply it to our life throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, however that is for you, I think that it can begin to help us a little bit. So if you're taking notes, the first way that we begin to help people that are needy without hurting them is that we give strategically. We give strategically. You know, a lot of times in life, and you can probably relate to this, is that when we give to people, the majority of the time is we give emotionally. We're giving out of an emotion. Why is that? Because it feels good for us. 
It feels good when we give out of emotion. It feels good when we see a need and we meet a need. That's why a lot of times, you know, you might be walking down the road or, or driving down the road and you see a homeless person and so automatically you don't want to make eye contact, right? So, so a lot of times what we do is we either roll down the window and we just kind of, <laughs> hey, hey, woo, come and get it. You know, we, we, we kind of throw some money out the window. We see a friend that we spend a lot of time with and because we don't want to argue with this individual, because we don't want to talk to them very long, we just tell them what they want to hear. We give emotionally. And so instead of focusing on what they want, we need to prayerfully and give them what they need. It's not emotional giving. It's a prayerful, strategic giving. And I love it in the, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 3 exactly. Um, I, I love it because this begins to unpack a principle of giving strategically through prayer. It begins to help us understand really kind of what the, what the premise is and how we go about it. In Acts chapter 3, if you have your Bible, I'm going to be in Acts chapter 3, verse 3 through 5. If you don't have it, it's going to be on the jumbotron ahead of me. But it says this. It says, Peter and John were going to the temple in the middle of the afternoon, and there was a lame man there from birth begging. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them, for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, look at us. Hey, hey, you, you, you look at me. Don't look away. Don't ask for something and don't look at me. No, no, you look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. You know what I'm uh, kind of understanding more and more as I am going through life and the more and more I interact with those that are in need is that hurting and needy people have learned this principle. They, they figured this thing out. That if I'm loud enough and I scream long enough, someone will help. Needy people, as we're walking through life and you cross needy people, if, if they're loud enough about their need and they scream long enough about their need, someone will help. See, emotional giving, it says this. It says that we're going to carry this lame man to the gate. In the book of Acts, an, an emotional give would be Peter and John picking this lame person up every single day, having a conversation with him and say, hey man, listen, I'm so sorry about your need. I'm sorry about your issue here. And so what we'll do is we'll just come every single day and we'll help you get to the gate. We won't do anything else about it. We're just going to help kind of meet a need. We're going to pick you up every single day. We're going to carry you to this gate every single day so that you can beg for money. What did this man want? He wanted money. He asked every single day, every single person that would walk by, he would say, can you spare me some change? Because you need to understand in this, this day and age, if you were lame and you could not walk or you had some sort of disability, this was probably one of the worst things that you could possibly have. 
You literally would have to depend on individuals to throw you some coins or bring you food. It it was probably one of the the worst things you could have because there weren't hospitals and there weren't all kind of organizations at the time that would feed you and house you and take care of you. No, you would literally be living on the street with nothing available. This man wants money. What would have been easy for Peter and John to give them money? Tossing some loose change to them. But I love it in verse 6 and 7 because it begins to help us understand that giving emotionally actually defeats the purpose of what God wants to do. Verse 6, it says, Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. See, we have to always be careful to not always be giving handouts, but we have to understand that we have to give a hand up. It's not just a handout everywhere we go. It's not just, hey, let me meet your need emotionally. Let me just meet your need emotionally. No, a lot of times we got to begin to look at an individual and say, no, there's something more that you need, not just a handout, but you actually need a hand up. See, what this man wanted was a handout. But Jesus wanted so much more for him. He wanted so much more for him. He wanted to give him the ability to be healed, and now then can go out and help someone else. It's a hand up. But we all know this, that needy people, they're going to begin to say things, well, if you really loved me, come on. Mom, Dad, if, if, you, if you really loved me, husband, wife, if, if, you, if you really loved me, you would blank. You would, you would give me more attention. You would give me more time. You would, you would give me more money. Mom, mom, dad, I, I, I need $300 to pay my car note. But just last week, you just bought yourself a brand new Apple Watch. You got a brand new pair of the, the Beats, the, you know, the earbuds. The, I don't remember what they're called, but the, the $650 ones, I only know that because Charlie wants some. <laughs> Go get a job. Dig some fence posts. Do something. Mom, Dad, give me, give me this. But see, but we have to be willing to say, no, 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 because I love you, I'm not going to give you what you want, but I'm going to give you what you need. You, you want $300 to pay your car note, but really all day long I see you playing Call of Duty. Last week, you're spending the money that you had to pay a car note, to pay a bill. So what I'm going to give you is I'm going to help get you a job. I'm going to help you understand budgeting. I'm going to help you learn to love and respect yourself. I'm going to help you develop your own identity instead of trying to be someone you're not. I'm not just going to tell you what you want to hear, but I'm lovingly going to tell you what you need to hear. See, we have to change our mindset that it's not always about giving out, but it's about helping others take a step up. 
You know, um, several years ago, um, we did this um, outreach for Christmas. Not here at Revo. This is another place that I was. This is when I was living in Louisiana. And, and uh, on Christmas, me and my family, we, we said, you know what? We're going to adopt a couple of families. We're going to go out and we're going to buy a bunch of toys for them. We're going to kind of just bring it over there for Christmas so the kids can have something to open up. And, and man, we were fired up. Come on, any time that you get to go to Target and just spend a bunch of money, it's just a great day. All the women said amen and all the men said no. So here we are, man. We're out at Walmart. We're at Target. We're buying all of these toys, man. We, we were like stacked with toys and items in our car. It just felt good. In our minds, we're like, oh, we're going to this house. We're about to bless these families. We get to this house and we begin to unload a little bit of the car for that family. We bring it in and it was like, it was like we were Santa Claus, just, just kind of coming in with gifts and toys and all of these different items. We're smiling ear to ear. We're doing all of this stuff. Man, this is awesome. We go to the next house and the same thing, we unload the cars and as we're unloading these cars, we, we go to these kids and we begin to give them presents and I'll never forget this statement. One of the kids looks at me and, and begins to say, man, thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving us these gifts. And in my heart and in my mind, I'm like, oh, this kid's got some manners. That was very nice of him. But out of the corner of my eye, I begin to look at the mother and the father. In the corner of my eye, I begin to notice the parents who had this look of defeat on their face. Simply saying, we couldn't do this, so we had to have someone else come in and save us. Oh, oh we're not the heroes in this picture. It's these strangers that are the heroes. And you know, we left that day and I really started to think to myself, I was like, man, that could have been the best day ever. But something on the inside of me, man, it was just tearing me up. Because all I could literally think of is some strangers walk into a house with all of these things and I'm looking at these parents with this look of defeat on their face. So we had a mind change and a mind shift and we said, you know what, we're not going to do that next year. The following year, we actually went and got the parents and we took them to Target. We took them to Walmart. We let them pick out all the gifts that they wanted so that they could bring the gifts back to their kids and then they could begin to be the hero of the day. Why do I tell you this story? Because if it's always about an emotional need, an emotional need is filling us. An emotional need is bringing something to us. An emotional need is saying, hey, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Great job, Charles. You crushed it today. Amazing. You're such a good dad. You're a good individual. Woo! But a, a strategic give. When we learn to give strategically, we begin to look outside of ourselves and we begin to say to ourselves, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about the good old attaboy that I get to give myself. It's not about looking in the mirror and saying, man, you're an amazing person. It's, it, it moves me from a, an emotional give to a strategic give. Why? Because it's, it's not always about a hand out, but it's about a hand up. We give strategically. The second thing is this. 
is that you have to learn how to serve wisely. We give strategically, but we serve wisely. I love reading in the Gospels. It's, it's, it's my favorite books to read. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Why do I love that so much? Because if I want to act like Jesus and be more like Jesus, I want to I read how he lived his life. And Jesus was probably one of the best, if not the best person, who understood how to serve selflessly. It was not about serving to get. No, it was just about serving to give. He knew how to love authentically. He knew how to give generously. He knew how to teach faithfully. He listened compassionately. Jesus was always in the midst. He was always in the crowd. He was always in the moment. But at the same time, Jesus always stopped and he went off by himself to recharge with God. We serve wisely. He, he understood the principle of stepping away from the noise. He understood the principle of distancing himself from people. He had to get away from a moment. Listen, in order for you to keep giving out, you've got to stop to fill up. If you want to understand this principle and you want to continue to give out, you have to stop and fill up. Have you ever had moments in your day where your kids are just driving you bananas? I've got five of them. That's like every second of the day. Man, they're just driving you crazy. They're driving you nuts. Like you can't take it anymore and you're ready to just pull your hair out. Have you ever had moments where you've had people at your work and they've gotten on your last nerve and it seems like at any moment you're about to explode? And you just go into work and it's just like, man, it is something, it's needy, it's needy, it's needy, it's needy. It is just kind of over the top and you get to your job and you get to work and you're like, man, I'm about to lose it on these people. Come on, can you be honest with me? I'm about to lose it on some folks. This is because you're leading on empty. You're, you're, you're leading on empty. You have nothing in your tank. You can't lead people. You can't lead your family. You can't serve people. You can't love people when you have nothing in you to give. It should always be out of the overflow. I talk about this a lot. It's out of the overflow. When you are squeezed with life, what is it that is coming out of you? When you have a hard day at work, what's coming out of you? When you have a hard day with your spouse, what is it that is coming out of you? When you have a hard day with your kids, what is it that is coming out of you? See, Jesus understood the principle that in order for him to serve wisely, in order for him to, con to, to continue to give in a healthy way, he had to retreat spend some time with God, recharge, fill up his tank so that he could go and deal with the needs. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says this. It says, very early in the morning. Very early. Everybody say very early. 
I've always wondered, what is very early? Like, like God, what is very early? Is it like 2 a.m. or is it like 9 a.m.? You know, like what's, what's very early? Very early in the morning while it was still dark. Well, I guess it's not 9. Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Hey, everyone, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. Jesus is like, bro, I just need a time to recharge. I need a time to rethink. I need a time to bring my frustrations that you are putting on me. I need to release that and give it to God because if not, man, I'm going to punch you in the face. He had to spend time with him. The noise is always there, but Jesus understood the principle, separate yourself, recharge, fill my spirit, fill my soul, fill my mind up with the things of God so that I can give back in a healthy way. Moms, can you relate to this? That sometimes during your day, you're just like, man, I just, I just, need, to, I just need to get away. I need to get away. Like, so, so what do you try to do, man? You just try to retreat. You go into the bathroom. Come on, you shut the door. You're like, man, I'm just, I'm just getting away from the noise. I'm getting away from the kids. I'm getting away from it all. And, and you try to go and lock yourself in the room, but all you hear is, Mom! Mama! Mom, she's hitting me. Mom, she took my toys. Mom, they won't stop picking at me. Mom! Mom! Come on, not only do you hear it from the kids, you hear it from the spouse. Babe, babe, where'd you put the ketchup? Babe, babe, you seen the mustard? Babe, where's the eggs? Where's the milk? And it's like you just try to escape and as you're trying to escape, you're just like, okay, just some peace and quiet. But all of a sudden it gets quiet for just a moment. Just a moment. And then all of a sudden, when you're in that locked room, you begin to see the little tiny fingers crumb up under the door. Mom? Mom, you in there? You in there? See, they begin to understand this principle. Everyone is looking for you. Everyone is needing you. Boss, constantly calling you on your phone. Blowing your phone out every single day. Friends that are always in need. Always looking. Always texting. Trying to figure out, man, what is the report from that day? Andrew knows. I love it because if you've ever flown on an airplane, you hear this every single time. You hear that flight attendant get on the plane and they begin to get on and they begin to say, um, welcome to the airlines and today we're going to have a great flight. Might be a little bumpy, a little turbulence on the way, but why do they just stay talking? But the flight attendant will always say, hey, in case of what? In case of an emergency... There will be a mask that drops down and what we want you to do is we want you to put it on your face first and then help someone else that is in need. Put it on your face first and then help someone in need. Why do they say that? 
Because if you're not breathing, you can't help anybody. And it's the same principle for our emotional being. It's the same principle for our spiritual walk. If we're not emotionally or spiritually healthy, guess what? We cannot lead those that are struggling, that are having a hard time chasing after God, that are having a hard time getting through life. We cannot begin to help those and speak life into them. No, instead, we begin to get aggravated with them. We begin to push them away. We begin to shun them and we begin to view them in a way that is not godly you have to begin to understand how to serve wisely you can't say often or you can't say yes often if you don't say no occasionally you can't say yes often if you don't say no occasionally anybody else in this room besides me have a hard time saying no Am I, am I in a safe place to say that? I'm always like, bring it. Like just stack my calendar, put everything on it. I want to just run from day to night. It's not until I find myself beating my head against the wall thinking like, what is wrong with me? I feel like I'm just a loser. I, just, I got nothing going on for me. I hate my life. Oh. <sighs> you know, just the other day, Andrew sat me down. He said, bro, you doing Okay said, I think so. And you doing all right? I said, yeah, man, I feel good. I feel great. It's all good. He said, because I've noticed a trend with you. I said, oh, okay. Give me the tea. <laughs> he said, I've noticed that whenever you are kind of like out of sorts and out of whack upstairs, he said, you load your calendar with everything. I said, never thought of it that way, but it makes sense. And it wasn't until after I looked at the month of October, I began to think, oh man, I'm supposed to be in North Carolina, I'm supposed to be in Cuba, I'm supposed to be at a wedding, I'm supposed to be in South Carolina, I'm supposed to be in Texas. I'm, I'm like, what, who, who am I? And I understood this mindset and this principle, man, I am burning it on both ends. And guess what? When I burn it at both ends, when I begin to find myself in this place of being depleted, how I respond to my family, how I respond to other people, how I respond to myself is not a healthy way. We have to learn how to serve wisely. The third thing is this, and the band can come on back up. Third thing is this, is that we have to learn how to trust God completely. Oh, man, this is so hard to do, guys. This is so hard to do. If, if, if we're just completely honest with ourselves, and I know there might be some people in the room that are like, yeah, just trust God. It's hard to trust God in some moments. It's, it's hard to trust God completely. It's hard to trust God when a family member is in the hospital and they're not looking like they're going to make it. It's hard to trust God when your bank account looks like negative and you've got a whole lot of bills to pay. It's hard to trust God when your spouse or your kids are running all over the place and they're not where they're supposed to be. It's hard to trust God when, man, I've been fighting this thing for two years, for three years, for four years, for five years. My trust in God, I'm getting a little tired, God. It's hard to trust God completely. I'm not telling you something that I don't deal with every single day of my life. It's 
hard to trust God. But can I just tell you that we have to learn how to trust God completely, even when we don't see the outcome. Even when we don't see the positive doctor report, even when we see the lost child that is running astray, even when we see our marriages that are being divided, even when we see our businesses that are failing, we have to learn to trust God completely. And in those hard moments, we have to begin to open up and we begin to worship God and say, even though, God, even though I don't feel you, even though I don't even understand what is going on right now in my life, even though my mind is a mess, even though, God, when I'm in this place and I don't know how to escape, God, I don't even know the prayer to pray. I don't even know the words that I'm supposed to say right now, but God, I need you in my life. I'm just going to have to trust you. Trust you when I don't see it. Trust you when I don't feel it. Trust you when I feel like the enemy and the devil is sucking the life out of me. God, I'm going to trust you. Listen, if you think God needs you to fix everyone else in your life, your God is too small. But I'm going to tell you, you need God to fix you in your life. You can't be the answer to everyone else's problem. You can't be the fix to everyone else. I learned this years ago when I literally would beat my head against the wall because I would see an individual come in and I would pour my everything into this person. And they would just go and do whatever they wanted to do. It killed me on the inside. It crushed me on the inside. I'll never forget this time where I was trying to help this individual and this individual was, man, going through a hard, hard season. I was up late at night talking with this individual. I was with them during the day, just constantly talking in and out of the hospitals and in and out of the treatment facilities with this individual. And, and, I, and I thought to myself, man, I got to help. I got to help. I got to fix. I got to fix. And I was at a church service one day and on this service and during this time, my phone rings and I look at my phone and I see that it's this, this individual calling me. We're in the middle of service. Right after service, I go outside and I begin to look and listen to the voicemail and on my voicemail, this individual will begin to say, Pastor Charles, I can't do it any longer. Can you go and tell my sons that I love them? Tell them that I love them so much. Please take care of my boys. Come to find out, I call the state troopers and they were telling me what they were about to go do and I call the state troopers and I say, hey, this is the individual, this is the type of car they're doing and they kind of call it in and all this stuff and they begin to call, they called me back afterwards and they say, hey, I'm sorry to tell you that this, this individual has taken their life. And I remember in that moment that it was probably one of the hardest things that I had to swallow as a pastor. I spent days, months with this individual. And I remember it broke me, it broke me, it crushed me. But I'll never forget the Holy Spirit telling me in that moment, he said, he began to say, Charles, you know, this is not on you. 
That this is not your fault. This is not the lack of you helping. This is not the lack of you serving. This, this is not on you. It's not your job to fix people. It's your job to love them. And can, I, can I help some of you in this room today like the Holy Spirit helped me years ago? Can I release off of you and help maybe release some thoughts off of you that it is not your job to fix an individual? It's not your job to get someone to come back home. It's not your job to help someone get off of some type of addiction. It's not your job. You know what your job is? It's to love them right where they are. In hopes and in prayer that by me loving you with this authentic love, with a love that's like, man, it's an unconditional, I don't need anything in return for you. I just want to love you right where you are. Our prayer is that, is that we begin to serve wisely, that we, that we give intently, that, that we begin to understand, hey God, I'm going to keep you first in this. Our prayer is that when we love them with God's love, that the Holy Spirit can do something on the inside of them. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit's job to change and fix people. It's to draw the heart to the Father. We begin to do these things. And I want you to know, man, it's dangerous to think. It's dangerous to think that you're someone's answer. You've got to give it to God. You've got to trust in Him. Galatians 6 says this. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. And a man reaps what he sows. And whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. We've got to give our hearts to God. We've got to give our spirits to God. Why? Because whoever reaps from the Spirit will reap eternal life. I want to read this last scripture to you and then we're going to wrap it up. Psalm 70, verse 5, it says, But as for me, I am poor and needy. This, this is my prayer. God, as for me, and I'm, I'm poor and needy. I am needy, Lord. I am in some major need, God. I'm poor. I'm needy. Come quick. Come quickly to me, oh God. You are my help. And my deliverer. Lord, do not delay. That's my prayer for you this morning. Come quick, Lord. Come quick in the minds and the hearts of the people sitting in these rows. Come quick to the minds and the hearts of the individuals that are struggling. Lord, come quick because we are needy for you. I pray right now that you would continue to find a healthy community. I pray right now that you would continue to stay plugged into the local church. I pray right now that you would understand that we need one another. That we always have to remember. Not only do we point ourselves to Jesus, but that we point other people to Jesus. Amen. Come on, every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, I thank you so much. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, that you and only you can do what we need. We need you. We need you in our life more and more. 
We need you in our hearts more and more. Lord, we need you. Father, I pray over every heart and every mind in this room, God, that you would guide them and direct them. Over every heart and every mind in this room, Father, that you would be with them. I want to ask this question, nobody looking around. If you're in this room and you say, you know what, Charles, man, I, I, I could use some prayer. I could use some prayer because I'm finding myself being needy and not needy in the right things. I'm searching in the wrong places. I'm searching in the wrong areas, but I'm not finding my value. I'm not finding my identity. I'm not finding my worth in Christ. But today, man, can you pray for me today? Because today is the day where I just want to know my value is in him. Even though I don't understand it, and even though it's hard for me to trust, today is the day where I want to find my value in Jesus. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I want to know who I'm praying for. Thank you. Hands up everywhere. Father, I pray for the hands that were lifted. Lord, that you would guide us, that you would direct us, that you would be with those individuals right now, that you would be with them as they're walking out into this week, Father, that you would guide them. Holy Spirit, right now, that you would put a supernatural peace and you would deposit the value on their life. Lord, we thank you so much in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, give God some praise in here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this message. If you've made a decision today to follow Jesus for either the first time or the hundredth time, shoot us an email at info at Revo Church FL with the subject line, I've decided. And let us know where you're listening from because we want to celebrate with you. Check us out on our socials at Revo Church FL to stay plugged in with what's happening within our community. And we believe it's going to be your best day ever if it's your best day spiritually.